All right, this afternoon's panel topic is comedy more than laughs. We have four panel participants and four special guests that will discuss what steps performers can take off stage to advance their career, successful ways to diversify your business as a comedian, and some of the turnoffs that bookers and industry face when dealing with comedians. We'll have audience Q&A towards the end of the panel, so without further ado, let's introduce our panel. We've got Nyla Durani, from America's Got Talent, The Gong Show, and a new show on Fox, I Can See Your Voice. We've got Cyrus Mayer-Farr from Levity Live and SoCal Improv. Jack Asadorian Jr. from NoHo Comedy Festival and Ha Ha Comedy Club. And to my immediate right, Chuck Johnson with Summit Comedy. All right, so let's kick off this panel. So what is the most important thing a performer can do to help their career besides being funny? Quit. (laughs) Just quit. Cyrus, go ahead. Uh, I'd say just be a cool guy. Be a cool woman. Just be good to the staff. Be easy to work with. Uh, Be be all the other things that you need to other than being funny. You know, people, people talk. You know, the staff talks to the to upper management and you know it falls down the line so uh if you're just overall good to people i think it'll just come back around yeah i've been asked this question many times and i always feel like just don't be a dick i mean everybody out there is supposed to be funny right i mean as as far as an agent you're always looking for funny funny always wins but then you get down to the point like all right that guy's funny but he's an asshole or she's a prima donna or whatever so make yourself accessible and just don't be a an ass. I mean, it's pretty simple. What we do is so simple. I mean, you tell the jokes, we sell the jokes. So, I mean, the rest is just easy to make it work as, you, as long as you're just low maintenance and get your job done. So, I'll go, go to that point of being low maintenance. At the end of the day, I think the people that I work hardest for are people that when I give them directions, they label things. They send the emails the right way. They don't wait a week to call me. So, you know, sometimes it's like, help help me help you by doing half of the work you know just don't just be like oh here's my link look at my stuff it's just you know be i don't know what the word is um mm. kind of productive yeah be productive be active be productive and be reliable be reliable you know uh but also be be nice about it don't just be like oh well here's my stuff you should look at it treat yourself as a business you are your own business i mean you i mean regardless if you have representation or not you still need to be i mean you're your biggest fan you you would hope that uh, of your stand-up so if you have somebody uh looking out for you whether it's management or an agent you know pushing you in the market or if not i mean you still need to help promote your own brand i mean because you can only do so much on your end, and, and um, so that's my thoughts. I think you guys should help each other too. A lot of comics I notice they get in clicks, and then that's my click. You're only gonna be funny. Surround yourself with funny people, and you'll become funnier. If you mm-hmm. hang out with shitty comics, you're gonna be a shitty comic. So, sorry. And on the topic of hanging out with comics, like if you have a local comedy club, hang out at your local comedy club. Just go there, even if you don't have a spot. Like, just go hang out see other comics, see what's going on. I think just if running in those circles, sometimes seeing them can motivate you or, or push you. So um, I think just being around it consistently, treat it like it's a full-time job. Also, don't forget to branch out because you need to know who else is out there, you know, what other shows are out there. 
Yeah. Like America's Got Talent. Like America's Got no, Talent. No, I meant like the What's silly that? little vape shop on some corner who has like a really great show or something uh, like that. And if you like, want to make, make sure it America's Got Talent, get sick. You know, go, go, go to some bar. Get a, get a limp. <laughs> I think Nyla makes a really good point I, about I, diversifying it your... Totally okay. It's fine. It's not like I didn't cast the winner. Go it's blind, okay. Get a limp. <laughs> who beat a comedian. <laughs> Ooh, the room got really and, quiet and with that one. And he didn't see it coming. He didn't, oh! He didn't see it coming. I think Nyla brings up a really good point of being um, trying to diversify your act. And that kind of brings us to our next question. In 2019, is it possible or realistic to just do stand-up and nothing else? No. I say, you, <laughs> I, I say for sure. I think, uh, you know, if you're good enough, you can make it work. There are comics out there that just are content with just working the road and, and don't have aspirations of TV, film, or whatever. And I was hanging out with Chad Daniels just two weeks ago, and he's like, do I really even need a manager? He's like, I just want to tell jokes like on stage. I don't give a shit about all the other stuff. So perfect example. Like, If you're funny enough, you can just make it work. I mean, make a living doing it. So I feel like if you don't want, if you don't want to have a family and you're okay with being alone, then the road is for you. <laughs> But the road sucks. It's depressing. It's very lonely. You hang out with strangers every night. You end up making really bad decisions. I'm sorry again. <laughs> All of a sudden came Jack's TED Talk here. <laughs> Is this the after conversation or the before? I, told, I said this to Chuck yesterday, and it's kind of a cheesy quote, but someone told, said it to me, and they said, it's not about making a dollar anymore. It's about making 20 nickels. But with that said... I still think you can just do stand-up and be successful, but I think doing all the other stuff gives you a better chance to succeed because you're kind of, and especially with, you know, camera phones and YouTube and social media, like your ability to build your own brand by doing so many different things, like I think is to your advantage. But it's tough to juggle. It's tough to really write consistently and go up consistently and do the other stuff of writing and producing and directing and trying to act. and um, But I think it plays to your advantage. I think you have to define success by what you want. It, do you want to be a road comedian or do you want to be on TV? If you want to be on TV, then yeah, you have to take those improv classes. You have to learn a little acting. You know, we've had comedians on AGT who are great stand-ups but can't act, you know? So, you know, you just have to define what success means to you first, I think and then go from there. Thanks, guys. And uh, just yeah. make sure you're talking yeah. into the microphone. Yeah. I just got a notification from our sound guy. Right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's start all over. Well, we're going to start from the beginning. Hi, welcome. Thank hey, you, guys. Um, so what's the most memorable thing a performer has done to grab your attention, both in a positive manner and in a negative manner, whether it's reaching out for bookings or hmm. sending a video link. What are some positive and negative examples that you guys can share? Knowing my first and last name and if I have a son or a daughter. Because I got an email from a comic, hey, man, how's your daughter doing? And I was like, I have a son. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nice try, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just being likable, I guess it's just being genuine, being real, and just, you know, like, like all these guys. Man. These guys are, I know all these guys. They're like, they're really good people, you know? It's the ones I don't talk to is because... I don't like them. <laughs> um, the, the best thing someone's done for me, and I definitely 
uh, I don't think everyone is the same person as I am. I know I'm a little different, especially with casting and everything. But there was a there was a female comedian who came to the North Carolina Comedy Festival this year and missed me by a day. So she drove herself up to New York and was participating in a competition that I was at, you know, to see showcase talent and everything. Um, but she messaged me and she was like, hey, I missed you at North Carolina. I'm really excited to meet you. And I was like, oh my God, this girl took the time. She found out where I was gonna be. She wants to be seen. She wants to be on my show. She's taking the time to reach out to me professionally. So I was like, why don't we grab dinner before the showcase? I'll give you my extra time. And I got to learn all about her. And it was that it was just like this really friendly professionalism that I really enjoyed about her. And that was one way that she really got grabbed my attention. Um, and now, you know, every time she emails me, I open that email right away, you know, because I know what she's gonna send me is professional. The worst thing somebody's and it's happened to multiple times, and I'm sure it's happened to Chuck and you guys as well, is someone's like, I wanna be on TV, and, and that's it. It's like, what the <laughs> Uh, who are you? Thanks. Do you know who I am? You yeah, know, yeah. Just make sure you guys are writing professionally when you reach out to people. Gift cards are good too. <laughs> <laughs> she likes dinners. I like gift cards. I paid for that dinner. I'm joking. You didn't. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it was just dim sum. Yeah, I'd say professionalism. I yeah, think professionalism. I, I just as a from your take from what you said, I would agree with everything you said. Professionalism, you know, not uh, understanding that we're all we're all pretty busy and we're all got a lot going on so if someone doesn't get back to you immediately just know like it's okay to follow up following up totally I actually recommend following up but I don't know calling someone excessively I think is or emailing someone excessively is something that I I really don't like and it makes it it makes it seem like you're not easy to work with um, and you're not getting work desperate <laughs> desperate professionalism how important part, or how important of a part, does an agent, manager, or representation play? Um, again, it, there's so many different avenues in the comedy world. I mean, I always look at it like there's there's a big comedy wheel, and a lot of them start with C's. You know, the colleges, the corporates, the the clubs, the cruises, the churches—they're all spokes of the comedy wheel. So um, there's so many different avenues. So some guy, if you can do all the spokes on the comedy wheel, I mean, it's fucking amazing. You can get it into so many things and get so much work. But some people just don't write their material that way. Like, all right. They usually start with the clubs. I mean, I've seen some comics just start with colleges, and they, and they make a good living doing the colleges. There's one on my college roster right now. That he maybe does a, a club, one club a year, and but yet he'll do anywhere from 50 to 70 colleges a year. And, you know, again, you talked about successful. Like, he feels like he's successful in the, that market, and d he's making a good living. So it just def d depends on what avenue and what, uh, you know, you want to go down? I forgot the original question, but that's that's. Uh, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> Any other comments on working with a manager or oh, how okay. that would be important for a career? <laughs> for for television, <laughs> for television. Um, personally, I don't care if you have a manager or not. There have been there's uh, people in this festival that have gotten on on shows I've cast. Um, they didn't have managers or agents. But I think after the fact, maybe if you're on my show, you definitely need somebody because these requests are going to come in and you need to understand how to manage, especially if you don't understand the business aspect. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, take a business class. I mean, yeah. that's not a, it's not like a 
far-fetched idea. You go to any community college or whatever, take a semester of business class, like just simple marketing, whatever, to help promote yourself. And, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty yeah. brilliant. I mean, I, me. you need help, too, when you get to a certain level to someone to read the contracts because some of the you don't want to get screwed over, so you hire, like, a manager to take care of you, right? What are you doing? <laughs> taking photos. America's got talent over here. Uh, what's the Sorry, one mistake you guys have seen people make that ruined their career or even their chance or shot at a career? Oh. What's the guy that just got fired from the SNL? Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah. Shane Gills. I mean, you know what? We're in a world that you have to watch what you, have, you say when you put it out there, and there is a spotlight on it. So, you know. Well, for right his, now. His success I is mean, that he wants to be yeah. a road comedian, obviously. That's... So Nyla booked him. No, I did not. <laughs> um, that's a you know, you know, a relative point just a now of like of that. So I mean, you, it's it, it's a tricky scenario in that. Like I mean, here this guy got the best gig in comedy, and within five days he got fired. I mean, it was last Wednesday that they announced it, and on Monday that he got oh. fired. So I've never seen anything like that. Like the turnaround is it's crazy. So. So yeah, so there's that. I mean, um, uh, Vince Champ Book is a good guy. story. You ever heard the Vince Champ story? Oh, yeah. yeah. Go Google Vince Champ. That's a great story. He did the college market uh, back back in the '90s, and turns out he was raping uh, girls along the way on his college tour. Wow. And uh, wow. clean comic. He won Star Search yeah. back in the day, yeah. and he was one of the most booked comics what in the college name? market. Vince Champ. And yeah. Yeah, so, so things like that. I mean, these are all examples in the comedy business that, can, that initially I, I'm thinking of, obviously past and current. But uh, so, yeah, those are things. So well, what, Can you repeat the question one more time? Yeah, what's one mistake you've seen people make that's ruined their career or even their shot at a career? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about career, but definitely working with me or me having cast their name around or something is definitely somebody who's, rude on stage somebody i've seen somebody come on the stage and just start flipping off the audience you know they thought it was funny and i'm like mm, it really wasn't you know again it comes down to professionalism i think that's the one thing that's ruined you know there was somebody last year who was bad mouthing on a podcast or on a radio show or something another female comedian and uh after working with him for two years i just kind of stepped away i was like i don't want to work with you anymore so i think it comes down to professionalism and respect Cyrus, any thoughts on this? I think comedy is a business of second chances, for the most part. I think like if you do something completely unethical, um, like Vince, <laughs> then there's no coming back. But I think for the most part, like I don't know if there's any one thing that you can do that like torpedoes your career. Um, I think for the most part, like you said, the Shane Gillis thing. Like now he's selling out clubs. It's it it really is a business of second chances, and I think you know, for the most part, mistakes happen. People people go out on a limb in comedy, and I think uh, I would like to think it's a business of second chances. So I would I yeah, would well hope look at that Louis C.K. Yeah, I would, I would hope that unless it's something completely unethical, that they have an opportunity to share their art or be a part of the community. What do you guys think about the importance of the ability to go quote unquote viral? Well, it helps getting on my show. <laughs> that's, a si that's a Cyrus question. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I think it's like it doesn't matter as much anymore. I think like it used to matter much more ten years ago. Like one viral video doesn't matter anymore. I think consistency matters. So I think like uh, you know, you look at dry bar comedy. Like they they had maybe a viral video, but then they had another and another and another. So I think uh, it, it one. I just don't think it, it matters. Doesn't matter. Much. Well, it's good publicity. Obviously, anything that you can help promote your career or whatever. I mean, whether it's a one-time viral thing or like you said, a consistency scenario. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, anything is better than not getting any attention or whatever, and you're still featuring at Chuckle Huts for the rest of your life or whatever. You still gotta so be funny though. Comedians right now, there's so many. Yeah, you have viral to back it videos, up. And they go up there and they freaking eat a bag of, you know. I mean, look at Trevor. You guys see, you guys know Trevor Wallace? Yeah, like Trevor he, had the, Wallace. he had the White Claw video. And yeah. Then he got this big sponsorship with White Claw, so. No, it was the. It was the uh, Zoomies. Zoomies was the first one. Oh, no way. That's brilliant, though. Yeah. They flew him in on a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. On the yacht. Trevor Wallace is very good. Well, this rolls perfectly into bringing up our first special guest. Please welcome Jay Hollingsworth. Hey, Jay. Yeah, Jay. From MTV, The Ask a Show, and All Deaf Digital. Jay, thanks for joining us. Very well done. Um, Finally on podcast. Jay, what are some things you do beyond making people laugh? <laughs> Cry. No, um, I do. Uh, me and speaking of a viral guy, um, me and my buddy Kev on stage, who has like four million followers across social media, we do a the the show Aska. This show called Aska, which we uh, we branded as uh, a show you get to ask questions of somebody you may not interact with on a day to day basis. So we had like we had the 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 real Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky, for Aska, former drug dealer. We had. Hmm. We had Jessa Reed ask a meth head. Um, we had we had ask a crip. We have this gangbanger on there, and then we have like a ask a guy in witness protection. So that's something we do uh, with that. And I mean, we're comics, so we'll have some funny parts in there. But I mean, I mean, we had a guy that attempted suicide. Uh, this guy Meech that has millions of followers and stuff. So um, and people love the show because. We, we present it, we open it up, we say, hey, we're gonna be interviewing this person today, what's your questions? And people will send in questions. So we'll ask our questions, then we'll say, so th this is one of the questions that was presented to us, and people get to learn about you know, somebody they may not interact with. That, and then I do, um, I, in 2013, I recorded an album, and then after that, I, I think like a lot of, especially now with comedy, like fans of comedy, they love like the behind the scenes shit. Uh, like, I think people are so interested in that. So in 2013, for a year, I did, I own the domain jokeaweek.com. I don't know how it was available, but I bought it back then, and I own ajokeaweek.com. So in 2013, after my album, for a year, I posted me every week working out a new joke, and I'd be like, this is what I'm trying to do this week, and then I'd show it me doing it at open mics and at a show, and then at the end, I'd be like, this is what I like about it, this is what isn't good, this is what needs work on, and I did that for a year, and so I'm about to do that again, because I'm gonna record another album. So I think people love seeing like the behind the scenes shit you know, and it's like uh, you know, it, it'll be nice. different when you go to the club because hopefully it'll be worked out. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, and you differentiate yourself too. What do you do besides just making people laugh? No, but that's really cool though, because that's like really shows people who are up and coming comedians what they would have to do too. That's yeah. really cool. Thanks. And Jay, is there anything <laughs> that you've noticed or saw a comedy or a comedian do that really grabbed your attention? Uh, 
well, just as a comic, comedian Bob Marley, I was blown away with just watching him do stand-up. And if you don't, a lot of people don't know him, but he's out of, yeah. And he, I'll put him up against any comic of any time. The guy's unbelievable. But uh, uh, actually, Kev, Kev on stage did something. And this, this actually will go to uh, Kev, Tony Baker, all those guys are, they have millions of followers. And one of the things they said, you said it, consistency. And that's what Kev says about like you're getting your numbers up in your social media. You got to be consistent. And just as an example of something, always post stuff, even if you think it's stupid. Kev was in the green room. Uh, he sells out churches, and he's in the green room, and they had a bag of uh, of different potato chips. And you, you people may have seen it. And so he's like, "What's everybody's favorite?" And then. They all went through it. They're like, all right, Nacho Doritos is first, Cool Ranch is second, blah, 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 Fritos is last. And then it was just in Kev's stories. Then he put it on his feed, and then it blew up from there. Then it was on the Today Show talking about it, and then Frito-Lay hit him up and, and asked to, have, to sponsor his tour through Texas. So you, and Kev did a video after that. He was like, all the videos I've posted to millions of people with comedy and the thing that hits is me in a green room and just our hands going like, which one do you want? And that went, it went crazy. So I mean, that, I learned from that. I'm like, you never know what's gonna hit and you should be posting all the time. Even if you think this is the stupidest thing you're posting, you know, so that's what I'd say. Any comments from the panel on that? The stupider the better. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a couple questions that I, I wanted to ask earlier. Uh, at your podcast? Yes, the Hollings Worthless. The, yeah, no, Aska. Oh, Aska, yeah, yeah. How'd you get the Witness Protection Program guy? Uh, it's it's a friend of mine. I can't reveal who. Okay. Um, but yeah, he actually he did my podcast like a few years ago, and he's got a crazy story. Is it the guy from Boston? It's a him. You want me to just tell you his name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, it's not a guy from Boston, but yeah, uh, he's a buddy of mine. It is. It yeah. Is. It's, yeah. yeah. That's that's gonna be the final episode of Aska yeah. this season, but yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jay, thanks, so everyone. much. Thanks, Have Jay. a safe trip down to Tempe. All right. We're going to bring up our next special guest, Spencer James. He is with, you've seen him on Dry Bar Comedy, and he works with Chuck Johnson. Spencer. I love Spencer. Hello. Spencer, thanks for this? coming up. Uh, same questions for you as well. What are some things you do beyond making people laugh, trying to help yourself stick out? Is that, I don't know. No, you don't know? No, I just do, uh, I don't know. I just keep writing. So, I mean, I think that's the number one thing. Are you looking for like a business answer to this? Is that kind of what it whatever is? Whatever you think, what, really I mean, whatever you do. <laughs> I mean, think about it this way. How do you keep getting booked? How do you keep getting clubs well, I to break, call you back? I break comedy down into five things that you can focus on throughout the day. And that's your act, relationships, the three C's or four C's that Chuck was talking about, social media, and then television. And I think you should go in that order every day. So for me, that's the way that I go. I've seen a lot of people go the other way. They try television first, then they try social media if that's not kicking. And then they now they're asking people 10 years later, the people that I work for. So I'm in a good spot right now. I'm, all the people I want to be friends with that pay their mortgages with comedy are my friends. And I could care less about being friends with other people that don't take it seriously. So... And I know how, this isn't. And how do you look? Very nice guy. How I'm do you look sorry. forward to the future? <laughs> he loves all you guys. I'm sorry. I I, I take comedy seriously. I love stand up because he's a just to the I point. I love stand up. I love I love writing a joke. I like seeing how it works. I like being in a room that nobody wants to go into, whether it be old 
white folk or an urban crowd or whatever it is. It don't matter. So. And Spencer, it sounds like you're in a good spot. So what do you do other than those the things on your checklist every day to make sure that comedy is your future and to pay your mortgage, you're just working in comedy? What are some other things you plan to do? or do every day to keep that lifestyle? Well, one thing, Jay has his, the way that he goes about it, post everything. For Mm me, um, it's not about social media and television. So it's, how do I do do that to get to the ultimate goals that I want to do? So, um, and now it's about that. I I think bigger projects, long term, you know, um, that's how I do it. I'm on ships a lot, so social media isn't really available to me, I'm on cruise ships. Cruise a buddy ships. of mine, Landry, That's tries great. to do that. Uh, Landry tries to post all the time, but he has trouble with it. So about social media, you have to be consistent. Well, that's not an avenue that's available to, to me right now. So, But I'm hoping by March, there's long-term goals that are six months away that I'm like, okay, branding, marketing, all the things these people are talking about, you know, that's the stuff that I'm getting into now. How do I stand out as just another white dude on stage that's that's speaking? That, that sucks that that's what it is, but... Hey Spencer, what was what was your motivation to start doing comedy? Uh, the head casting director for Gilmore Girls told me to try it. Beautiful answer. Oh, I was doing. Like you I was doing. I was doing improv, and and I had an acting scholarship. And then someone said when I was like 22, 23, you should try stand up. And I was like, okay, that'll be easy. And then it was the hardest thing I ever did on stage. So I was like, well, I guess I'll do this for the rest of my life. So. Yeah. A uh, little tip for you and also everybody else. I, I'm kind of a problem solver, so anytime somebody says something like, well, how do you fix that? So you mentioned, all right, I can't do this because I'm on, on a boat or whatever. Oh, damn, he's going to beat me to it. You know <laughs> that like you can do like Hootsuite and set up all your posts like in advance or whatever. So you don't have to – you can do all this programming ahead of time yeah. and take hours one day and just set it up for like, say – Buffer. And yeah, whatever, and mm-hmm. you can do this in advance. So I wouldn't use that as an excuse. Again, look at, look at the – how do you uh, – uh, get over the hurdles of whatever you're that's what i do in my business every day sure i understand doing that for, from day one like, sure here's a problem how do i fix it how do i move on how do i get seen more how do i get people come to to summit comedy and okay of me going out and explain such. summit comedy in one sentence explain what summit comedy is compared to all the other colleges all the other college bookers all right so if you don't know summit comedy uh we I, it's 21 years old um my bread and butter is the college market uh so if you had to say that, I'd say number one in the college market. Boom. So you can advertise that. You're number one in the college market. You know exactly what that slogan is that you're sure. going to advertise and push. I don't know what that is. So for me, I don't want to push something, you know, that isn't what I want to be. Does that make sense? Like I see a lot of people I, pushing. I what you're saying. I see a lot of people pushing things. Yeah, I don't know what that is. And for me, I'm just going to keep writing and hopefully it comes out in the writing. But well, for me, finding the voice... Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, where I'm at, 10 years it took me to write all this stuff, and then we do the dry bar special with Corey and a couple other guys, and then now that's done. I think now I know how to do stand-up, so I want to write to what I want to talk about now. And I have 15 to 20 minutes of that now that is not online, it's not on TV. I don't want to put it on social media. It's something that I want to build into 45 minutes that I really like, and that says this is me. And then if I die right after that, I'll be happy. You know, like that's, 
that's kind of where I come from with it is to build something, and I don't want to advertise the product if I don't know what the product is. Well, the thing is, I mean, but the thing is, the, you, the followers you have, you have earned them from whatever you have done, whether it's on stage or whatever, and promoting yourself. And they want to follow you. Don't, you. you don't need a a title or whatever. But to, there's a huge matter. gap between those followers, meaning dollars in my pocket. I have two thousand likes on Facebook. That's not going to impress anybody at the Improv. That's not going to impress anybody at any comedy club. So there's a huge gap between me developing a following. Well, if I can make money, there's avenues. You know what the, my favorite thing is? Is Margot Robbie. That's my favorite thing. If you look at, everybody know Margot Robbie? Everybody know who that is? She has like 127 posts on her Instagram. She has 26.7 million followers. She didn't get famous because of Instagram. There's avenues and vehicles like AGT that if you get on, who's the guy that just uh, was there? Sound Ryan, effects. Ra oh, Greg Morton. Greg Morton. Great guy. He's been doing comedy for, I don't know, tw two decades, three yeah, decades? For, um, yeah, 20, yeah. 30 years. He, and he was doing all this stuff. Then he gets on but AGT. never said he was a comedian on stage. They, no. You notice that? They, they steered him away from really? saying the title. Really? Yeah. Well, he's a, yeah. he's a phenomenal. I remember, that wasn't two years ago, he was beating the sh... Can we curse on this? Okay, yeah. I was just, well, he was beating the shit out of spiders and cockroaches in the Looney Bin, uh, Tulsa, in uh, the uh, the house, the house that we at least beating it with a broom, and he, he was in a suit and he was beating it with a broom and he broke the broom and he threw it like a fucking spear through into the other room, and then two years later, he's on America's Got Talent and I'm sure I hope he's doing well. He's a great dude. He's a great guy. But these there's these avenues that exist that will pick you to say, you know, you can you can advance or if this is the product we know what that is we'll will advance you. So my main thing is I don't know what I'm selling yet. So well, I have another solution to his, his thing. Kay. Much easier. Is <laughs> 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 it much easier? Only because I've seen another cruise comedian um, constantly post stuff. And I've even asked him, I'm like, how are you posting this? You're out in the middle of the water. you know. And what he does is he emails photos and exactly what he wants written to... Um, whoever runs his Instagram account, sister, mother, whoever, you know, girlfriend, whatever, and they just post for him. So if you have somebody in your life that's willing to, like, be nice and take and copy-paste, that's the easiest way you can do that. Honestly, I love seeing... There's, there's a comedian on this festival, and she posted about... We were just talking about it, I think. She posted about coming here or going to a show, and it was all about waxing her lip. It was hilarious. I like seeing those videos because all of a sudden now I'm like clicking on your page. I'm seeing other things. Maybe you put a, t a minute a minute clip of your comedy. Next time you're in my town, I'm going to make sure to come see you. That's why the consistency is important. Get somebody who's able to help you a little bit. I understand. I think with me and comedy, I'm all about how am I going to be, if someone comes across my shit 100 years from now, what are they going to think? I have one thing on IMDb. It's laughs on Fox. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. That took a lot for me to get that. Everything I've gotten to this point, I feel like I've earned. I feel like I've done it the right way. And I feel like I can talk to a lot of people that said, you've done it the right way. So I don't want to just start throwing out the window to, to make a lip gloss and video. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> nothing against her making it or your interest in it. Yeah. But what are my interests and what are the things that I want to do with my time? I feel like I'm in a good spot where I make enough money doing what I love to do. So how do we do, how do we keep doing that at this moment? This was hard enough to get here. Yeah. I'm not just going to start 
fucking with it, yeah. you know, and making it something else. So it's okay, it's okay. I, I don't. Thank you, Jack. Don't be angry. <laughs> so what, I'm, not, I'm not. No, I'm in a great spot, man. Angry? No, I'm in a great spot. Not at all. I think there's a lot of guys, especially yeah, in here. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are that are making a living doing whatever it is that they love to do. I don't know what the next step is or how to get there. I don't think anybody does like that. The Frito story or whatever yeah. that was. I don't know what it is, but I do know that there's things that I'm working on. Like I said, there's television too. There's social media and then there's television. Well, I like writing, so. Maybe that's the avenue for me. So in the past year and a half, two years, my background is theatrical. Maybe it's a theatrical agent. Maybe it's maybe it's to be a a PA or a writer's assistant. Maybe I want to get into a room somewhere, you know, just to get someone coffee. I don't know. So maybe you move into casting and you start casting television. Start casting people? No, I no, (laughs) I don't think that's. I think uh, the the best part about this industry is that they're like the best and worst part about this industry is that there is no blueprint. Like, there is no right way to do things or no wrong way to do things. So I think, like, there's multiple schools of thought, and that's a school of thought. Like, you, you prioritize the things that you feel passionate about. And I think, like, be, there's no blueprint, you know? Like, there's any way, there's any, you could, there's so many avenues you could take. Like you said, he has those five in order. Um, and that's just, like, your priorities. I think all you guys, everybody in this room probably has different priorities, but... As long as you set goals, set goals, goals for yourself. Goals, I mean, goals. Just, oh. yeah. I know you're big on goals, so like, like literally, just set the goals and obtain them, and try as much as you possible to make them. You know what? You're not going to make all those goals. It, you know, but it's okay. at yeah. least try. I, yeah. Two things I would say is that's exactly right. Is one is it? It doesn't matter what your focus is. There's only, only there's only so much time in a day to focus on one of those five things. That's what I was getting at. I know someone that's very successful at social media. That's what she focuses on, and she's very successful at it. That's what she chose to do. She likes doing it. She's good at it. That's great. But just, you know, that's only so much time in a day on what it could be. And I would say, if anybody's listening to this or cares, make the goal as big as possible. Because I know one kid that, like, he got a late night, and he got the headline at his home club, and now he's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, just make them as astronomical as you can. Because then you're not lost. Then Then you know what to do. I think that's just a great point overall is this industry is gray. You can navigate it how you want. You can make it what you want. So why not just set your sights high and then have those little incremental goals to get there? And then at least you're doing something every day to create create progress and create um, create that reality for you. You know what's great? I've heard a lot of people say they want to be on TV like that. A lot of comics will say that or whatever. I want to be on TV. I just read a great book, uh, Small Screen, Big Picture. Has anybody read this book? It teaches you what the the it teaches you about television. It's all it takes it through why Thursdays are the best for ad buys. It takes you why like that being in the room. I didn't know a staff writer. I didn't even know how much money they made. Like it was, it literally breaks it down how television works and how many hours you have to put in and what it's like to be on a sitcom and those kinds of things. And I was like, I've I've never I never knew that. So if anybody wants to read a book, I think that's a great book before you start going to casting directors and producers and being like, you should put me on your show, please. You know. Small screen, big writer? Uh, small screen, big picture. Big picture. Yeah, awesome. it was written in 2009, so, yeah. Um, any questions or thoughts before we bring up our next special guest from the panel for Spencer? I have a question, yeah. just because I haven't asked this question to anybody um, ever. He's single. Uh, Male. Good to know. Um, no, I'm not. So, but no, my question is, um, so with shows that I've worked on, um, you know, I've seen one comedian come on a show like AGT, Greg Morton, you know, how has Drybar helped you? 
I'm curious because that's an avenue that I constantly look at because I know it's clean comedy. You know, after you were on Dry Bar, how did that help? Because people like Brad Upton has over a hundred million views. Oh, okay. Who I love, Brad. And okay. But he's not on TV yet. Well, I would so ask I'm you that. Why is he not on AGT? Why is Brad love Brad? Brad's the reason so the big Brad, Brad, Brad influence for me. I have I have an answer. I have an answer because Brad Brad, walk Brad, to the mic. Brad reached out to a, um Brad and was and was uh, talking to another casting producer 24 hours before I reached out to him. So he's not working with me. That's why. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, because sometimes you know. Um, you know, just like Sam Comro, I think is a good example. It took him four years to get on our show. You know. Um, oh, he's so funny. Yeah. I just saw him. He's got residency at LA Comedy Club. He's so funny. But it took him time to get on the show. Yeah. So, Brad is definitely somebody I've talked to. I've definitely reached out to Corey. I've talked to you before because I've looked at personally. I personally go to Dry Bar because I know these people have great jokes. They obviously they're on a good platform. Obviously, um, and they can do clean. Yeah. You know, for a show like mine. So just being in a position I am, I'm curious how helpful Dry Bar has been for you since you've been on it. Uh, I think Chuck even knows the answer. It's good tape. It's, it's, right. it's good tape. So it, it allows people to sell you to other people. How, how, everybody in this room knows how hard that does is. Does anybody not know what Dry Bar is? Raise your hand. All right, so Dry Bar Comedy is a, a company that's owned by VidAngel. They're based in Provo, Utah. It's a Mormon-based company. So I think it was like four, three or four years ago they started this, and they decided to go after the comedy market because, um, I mean, you can do the research on what this company does, but, but they were looking for another avenue to help prom promote themselves. So um, they had reached out to myself and many other people as far as uh, booking um, clean acts. And to be honest, I first booked three acts with them mainly just for that, like looking for these are comedians that I know that have trouble, they can't get a TV set or whatever, they're just great comics but just don't have that push or management or agency to help them get a TV set. Were they on your roster, Chuck? They were on my roster. So it was three, it was Arvin Mitchell, Jesse Campbell, and Tyler Bowe. All those three, I was like, hey, we need to get you into the tape. And, and it just worked out that they had reached out to me and I booked all three of them and they got an amazing tape out of it. It was a 40 minute clean set that I can edit to whatever I needed. You know what? And it worked out pretty well for me as well because they came to me and go, holy shit, those guys are great. Do you have more? And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I got tons of people. Whether or not they're with my college roster or not, I just obviously know a shit ton of comedians. So it turns out that I've booked 43 uh, specials for them so far. So, um, and mainly for that purpose. Obviously, I went out to the people that that I like to push in the, in the corporate market, because I do corporates as well. So I was like, all right, you know, and especially in the corporate market, you need to have a good tape. If you're just at, you know, say a club tape and it's just not production-wise, you're gonna look, they're always gonna look at, you know, quality uh, of, of that aspect. So I did that just for that. So Spencer was one of the guys I reached out. I was like, hey, you know, I started working with Spencer Moore with the, doing some corporate stuff. And I was like, hey, man. You and that's before all the viral stuff. We didn't yeah, know what it was like, gonna you, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, uh, the, I've been booking for a while with them for two years now, so yeah, so it was it was just cyclical because because it was about six nine months before these things even started coming out after you tape. So they're taping again right now as we speak. So um, so those will be released probably in the spring and and you know what and it, they've changed it a bit. Um, it's, I mean, there are uh, shorter sets now. It's twenty minute sets. You know why? Because I think they're running out of clean headliners. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so it's easier to get as far as time. So now there. they're looking for 20-minute sets. The pay is cut down, like, down to a third of what they were offering. But people are still doing it just for that reason, to get a really good tape out of it. There are residuals on the back end if you do go viral uh, to pay off your production costs. I don't know what that is. I mean, I don't know if you do you get paid. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten good checks. All right, so once you get, uh, once you, <laughs> once you pay off, not your as much as Brad costs, Upton, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Corey probably got a good one. The way Corey, it works, both. once you pay off your production costs, you start getting residuals. Yeah, I'm not gonna be out here by myself. I'm gonna so put some your people, shit out there. some people don't get that. Some people, you know what, so, you know what, and I've also seen this too. There's about out of those forty something I booked, there's about six that were unreleased. Oh yeah. So they did that. They got a paycheck, but they decided for whatever reason it wasn't the right brand for them here's as far a, as comedy. Here's a great story. And that story. sucks. It does suck because you know what? They're not releasing that to that those comics, so they are holding on to that. Yeah, they never. Fu- right. Well, well so, here's the thing: is that Brad Upton was one of them. That's the funny thing about it really? is that Brad. I don't know if you know this. I didn't. Brad had there was a group of guys that got taped, and the video started picking up traction. So Brad emailed them, and his video wasn't playing. It wasn't on. They didn't even put him up. So Brad emailed them and asked, "Hey, how about some of these other guys that have taped? How about you put them on your Facebook View channel now and see what happens?" But he emailed them, or else we never would have seen Brad. Brad reached out to them and asked, "How come you're not putting the these up?" The squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. Yeah. See, tra- One reach simple out, email. Be professional. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Every every comic that's been released on there usually gets about a million views, mm-hmm. which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And shows like mine and casting producers that I work with and myself do look at that. I would say that's sure. what it did. It just it just made other people it, it's seven minutes or six minutes of clean that someone can look at and say, Oh, maybe I can use this guy. That's what I had it for. Is that that's what's that's what's been the benefit. So yeah. You can book like a, a luncheon in Bakersfield. Oh God. <laughs> Chuck just No, he found me through him. He he's, he's I got a laundry list of stuff I can't say. I can talk about animals and caffeine. That's on the list. I can't. Any final thoughts for Spencer before we bring up our next special guest? No. No. All right. Thanks, Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Joining the panel, we've got Jasmine Ellis coming up. She is an Austin-based comedian. And you recognize Jasmine from the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Coming next year. Saw your set last night. He did. Oh, well, I was supposed to be drunk, like that one? Yeah. Okay. Uh... Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll do it. Sorry. Great. Uh, so, Jasmine, same question for our previous guest. What are some things that you do beyond making people laugh to help yourself stick out, build your brand, build a following, all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm probably one of the least senior comics on the panel today talking about this. So, I'm still in the stage of hustling a lot, and I'm very excited about it. So, for me, I 
I'm constantly like, of course, just doing the simple legwork of like emailing people, catch, catching up with people, touching base, not being aggressive about it, you know, not like forming fake relationships and pretending to know people's kids' names, nothing like that. <laughs> but like just making that effort to stay connected with people who've, who've seen me before or people who've booked me before. Um, one other thing that I'm doing, and basically because I'm staying in Austin and staying in that market for a little while at least, and there's a you can get a great following for shows that you're putting on and that really helps you like build up your social media following because it's very grassroots so i make a point of like connecting with people on social media on instagram on facebook like really just staying engaged with the people who are engaged with me and also just like as a minority woman, there's a little bit of a niche there of like people who are specifically looking for black female comics. So I'm making sure to follow those people who are wanting to follow people like me. You know, if you're a fan of, of XYZ or like maybe like a, a black lady sketch show, if you like that show, you know, I'm gonna like some of your stuff and you're gonna end up going, oh, who's this girl and liking me back. So I'm just like doing the small work to build up the online following, but then not letting that get in the way of actually doing the work in the clubs, like being, at shows, like just constantly trying to write. I've been trying to make myself write 10 jokes a day. I have not been sticking with it, um, but I've been trying. Uh, just because I know that if I have a quantity of making more and more writing, okay, if I write 10 jokes a day, one of them may not be garbage, right? But if that means 365 jokes in a year. And then if I evaluate, that's like 20 minutes in a year. You know what I mean? Like maybe not, but you just wanna keep thinking and keep pushing yourself. So I'm just, uh, I'm just hustling, really. Well, that That's goes great. back to the goals. I mean, you used to, it, whether you reach those goals or not, I mean, you got to set that. I mean, that's great that uh, you do that. So. Yeah, and Jasmine, with you being out there hustling day in and day out, for some of the newer or greener comics that might listen to this podcast um, after the festival, what are some things you've noticed are immediately successful? Or what are some things that you're doing that you notice, oh wow, that booker responded back to me, where you've seen like a high success rate in some of these specific tactics that you're using? Nothing is immediately successful. Okay. Um, like I just, I don't wanna like flat out say no, but I feel like every booker I have to, like and the fourth email, we're clicking. Like it's, um, for me, things don't always happen instantaneously. Um, like there's festivals I applied to got rejected one year in the next. Um, I just, I don't have this idea that any one thing is the thing. There is no one opportunity that will change everything in my career. So I just keep going and keep trying. Um, I think some things that have been successful are just taking that time to meet with people after shows because complete strangers are your supporters do not depend on your friends when like especially new people like after a year the novelty of you doing comedy is over it's not cute it's not fun they don't care that you have a show on friday so you want to be talking to people and thanking them for coming out and listening to their stupid little story because like you <laughs> that sounds so bad i hope nobody who likes me listens to this and goes oh she thought my story was stupid but like <laughs> But like engaging with people because those people are going to like your videos and share your videos. And if you decide to go the merch route, you know, and then like I've even had like I just sold out a, a, a brewery show that fit about like 150. And I don't know anybody in Bentonville, Arkansas, but people who've seen me in Oklahoma and in Texas and Louisiana we're like tagging friends and family in the post. So like just little things like that, building it up and always being grateful to who's paying attention to you. That's what I see like the most positive returns for, if that makes sense. 
And I think that goes back to a lot of what the panel has been saying about being professional, being gracious, because sometimes that word of mouth is going to sell out a brewery show. Yeah. You're putting in the work. Keep it up. Yeah, Jasmine's definitely one of the professional comedians that have reached out and we've talked in the past. Like, she's always been super professional and she's always gotten stuff to me super fast, within a week even, you know, and she doesn't, like, hey, how you doing? Uh, did you see my tape yet? Like, she knows she emailed me. It's in my email box. I will get to her. She's super professional. Um, but you did say something. You're like, uh, you stay after clubs, uh, after shows at the clubs. Yeah. And I just think that that's awesome. There's, and I get like people have multiple shows, but I do see comedians that just stay in the back and that don't in mingle with the, with the audience. Yeah. And even when I was an audience member and I wasn't a part of anything close to the scene, that's what made me come out to the shows more. Was like, oh, I feel welcomed. Mm -hmm. So that's an awesome point. And Jasmine, um, is there anything that you see other comedians do that really grab your attention and make something stand out for you? Uh, like in a positive or negative light or both? You know what? Both. <laughs> Let's okay. hear both. Um, uh, give examples. <laughs> Not names. Oh, no names, 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 yeah, names. Yeah, you names, can give names. examples. I, everybody's path is their own. Um, I definitely, like you were talking about hanging out at the club and being around, which is good too. Um, I think sometimes people get a little too caught up in the hang though, like amongst their peers. And like you're saying, like if you're, if you're around better comics, they make you better. And like one thing, like, I mean, open mics are super important, but like don't let the reaction of your peers um, deter you from what is good, if that makes sense. Like sometimes it's like, I've seen comics who are newer and the back of the room is cracking up because they are saying stuff that is just like, because of the shock value of what they're saying or because they're doing so bad. And they learn to like love a negative reaction and think that's a good time. And they kind of just get in this circle of like, oh, I had a good time at the mic, you know? Everybody laughs like, you know, your 12 friends laughed, you know? Also, I made a deliberate effort to work clean. I started in the Dallas market where they have um, Backdoor Comedy Club. Weird enough, Clean Club Backdoor was the name. Uh, but yeah, and you had to work squeaky clean to do that. So I would work clean in that room. And then I just took like every ridiculous gig that came my way. Like I did like a Nigerian wedding a year ago. Like I just like, just like, like whatever would come my way so I could keep building time. Cause I'm not like a big name. So I feel like a lot of people, some of my peers, one thing that's a little negative that I see them do is they, um, they kind of have their nose up at something they don't think will have an immediate return. Like, oh, well, this isn't a big deal, or I've never heard of this, or, you know, they don't, they, they don't think it will turn into anything, and they're not looking at, like, the experience they're going to get out of it. Some positive things that I've seen people do. Um, just being really consistent with the shows they run. Um, my former podca podcast partner, I used to run a podcast called Extra Salty, which you can find on iTunes, and it's really great. Just listen to it. Um, Kai Krebs and I, we ran a show, and we made, like, a really great effort to connect with comics that were coming through Austin. Because, like, Austin, I think, is one of those cities that are, like, on the come up. Like, it's, it's not L.A. or New York, but I feel like it's almost there. And when we'd have, in my head, okay, no, okay. That's okay. funny. What do you mean? Okay, why the, like, okay, belly laughs on that one. Well, well, there, what, is is two, just, there is two Is Austin just garbage? Is it, like, why, what was that? He made me laugh. Uh-uh, say it with your mic. What's so funny? Say it with your mic. It's not L.A. New York. I know. That's it. She okay. Said she said almost. I said almost. Okay. It's good. It's fun. I like Austin, but it's not in New York. Okay. Uh, well, I came from haters. A, I'm not hating. Just 
I came from a scene with even less industry exposure. Yeah. So it was a great place to be. And a lot of people want to come through there. So we just made like a really conscious effort to follow up with comics from LA and New York and other scenes that we wanted to perform with and make sure that they were taken care of on our shows. And we treated our own show, even if it was like kind of just like a bar show vibe, we treated our own show like a networking opportunity. Every time that you're like, there, to me, there are no shows that are for playing around. Like it's, I mean, I always want to have a good time, but nothing, like, you know, some people kind of categorize like this show is just like whatever and this one matters. They all matter. Every single show I do matters to me. And that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Yeah, you never phone it in. I mean, that's, you see, I do see a lot of comics that just, you never know who's in the room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen some comics just like in, like I go in LA and such and just drop in and see a, a set. And I just see just somebody just phoning it in and like, and I get just, I walk away like, ah, you know what? Sometimes I'm looking for people. I look for people all the time. So I'm always yeah. have my eyes open for whether it's a corporate or a college or whatever. And um, there was one person specifically, I was in Flappers and I was saw this guy do a set and he would just phoned it in and it was just half ass. And I, was like, I walked away and I was like, nah, it made, it made up my mind. I mean, immediately. So. It's because you're at Flappers. <laughs> you are so LA smug. Hey, just, just any final thoughts? I go thoughts? wherever the jokes are. <laughs> any in, final I'm in thoughts? Now. Yeah, you are. There we go. <laughs> I have a, <clears throat> I have a question. Yeah. Um, just because uh, I'm curious, and you can better explain it. How do you build yourself in a in a smaller community like Austin or Dallas compared to LA? How do you get noticed? Um, by people like us? Um, that's a good question. I, now for me, I just, sometimes it's just the proximity. You know, some people are born in California, so a move to Los Angeles doesn't mean, you know, being away from every person they've ever known in their life, you know? So for me, I, I'm, I was born in Texas, so I kind of went that route and started there. But I'm not going to act like that makes me trapped. So how you, how you build up yourself in a smaller scene is like, take advantage of the opportunities that are there. Um, like when I was in Dallas, there was there were people who were like, oh, well, I don't do that kind of room or I don't do this kind of room. And I would make a point to go to every kind of mic that there was just to get on as many stages as possible. But also, um, I applied to a lot of festivals, maybe a little like early in the game, but I think it got my name out there. Like I was like one or two years in applying to festivals. And I just, the good thing about, like there's, there's good points to living in a smaller place, a place where the cost of living is lower. So maybe maybe you're like it's not a lot of industry out there, but you know you're not spending as much to get by, so you can aff you can like you, you can travel a lot more. Like uh, Texas is much more drivable, and I invest money I make from shows. I invest right back into my car. I invest into my website. I invest into I kind of look at my money that the little bit of money that I'm making in comedy. Not that it's like not that it's bad, but it's not like you know I'm not I'm not famous or anything. But I look at it as while I'm here, there's a lot I can get done. And you can just, I mean, it's kind of nice being close to these, I don't want to use the expression, what's, what's a nice way to say a town that doesn't really have anything going on? Like, it's, it's podunk, okay, I was going to say podunk, but I wasn't sure if that was like, okay. So the good thing about these little, these little places is they are appreciative of comedy, period. You know, these big names are not going to come to their town. They have to drive, yes, they have to drive two to three hours to someone. So you get real time. And you can grow. Also, you get to perform in front of people 
that don't have the same perspective as you. And I think that helps you grow. So you just have to be willing to leave your small town a lot if you want to be able to stay in your small town and do anything of value. Yeah. A follow-up question. So when when you're like that, when is the time to break out of that small town? Well, um, that's a great question because I, I've been feeling like I wanted to make the big coast move like in the last two years or so. And then life situations happen. Also, I have this like deep fear of being poor. And like LA's real expensive, New York's real expensive, and I'm real expensive. I like nice things. And I just like, I just, so it's, you know what I mean? Like I have a huge walk-in closet with purses that I like right now, and I don't want to be selling my purses to like, I don't want an apartment the size of the closet. Like I'm scared. Like I just, I don't. Instagram video about all the purses. Which one's the best one? Yeah. Now, now, how does that work out? Because uh, you're married. So, like, would your husband move out there, like, follow you? That's a great. Well, for us, it works out. My husband, I met him doing comedy, and he's super supportive. He's actually moved on and is focusing on writing. He's working on a horror novel right now. Um, so he's just like in a different mind space, but he gets this. So it's funny what you're saying about how the road is lonely and terrible. We do the road together. Like, yeah, I mean, well, the other day he forgot to like check the air on his tires, and we had a flat tire in Nashville on the way to Nashville and I was gonna audition for NBC so we didn't make the audition mm. because somebody didn't check their tires, but it's fine. Um, it's like, Sounds like it. So things are <laughs> fine. Right. So he started, started writing about it. That was his horror story. That was his horror story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the version of it where I just kill him and leave him in that ditch. Um, but no, it's... <laughs> you, I think you have to have people in your life who understand that this is what you like. What, like, not even just like what you want. This is what you will have. They have mm-hmm. to be affirmative of it. They have to be like, oh yeah, no, Jasmine's going to make it as a comedian. So we're not going to treat it like a little hobby. When she has a show, that's a thing. If she has to miss X Y Z dinner with my family because of the show, I'm not going to give her crap about it because I value that. So you have to have a circle, or if you have a circle, make sure that circle values what you want out of it. But um, when do you know when it's time to move, which was your original question? Um, I guess what I've heard before is when you have hit the ceiling in your scene, when there is nowhere else for you to go and you've accomplished what you can from that scene and you need more and you're going to get more. Um, Personally, I kind of feel like I'm scratching at it. So, like, I have the goal to move in, like, the next year or so. Nice. Congratulations. But I just don't want to be poor, so I'm figuring it out. (laughs) But you, you... you make the world look pretty, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jasmine. Any other questions Thank before you. we let Jasmine go? I don't have a question. I just want to say, like, do you have a good perspective on comedy? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm just, I, like, it's a privilege. Like, nobody's making us do this. I, 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 not to poo-poo on comedians that are a little on the negative side, but, <laughs> like, like, no one makes you do this. No one puts yeah. a gun to your head and says you have to be a comedian. If you don't love it, go find something you love and just do that. But I really, really, really love this. Yeah. And all I want is the opportunity to do it all the time. That's all I want. You have great energy. You have really good energy. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it'll be six years in November. Nice. Do you think I haven't been doing it long enough to hate it? No. Okay. I can't. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's an angry guy. He's not angry. He's Focus. I've, I've known her half that time. Are you an Aries? Like, he just has a different vibe. Like, it'll He's come not around. angry. I got five I guess, things. I do have another question, I <laughs> Ten guess. Years I hate being be like the me. only person on the panel asking questions. Can I ask one more no, question? No, of course you can. Is yes, yes. female guest, special guest? Yes, because we've okay. got one more. So okay. that's, that, you know where I'm going with yep. this. Okay. Is like, where, where do you think is the biggest struggle or block being a female comedian? 
Ooh, or okay. even a more diverse female comedian. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it. People have specific expectations of specific people who fit groups. And the general idea, it's kind of like that old joke of like um, the old riddle where you're supposed to figure out who's who and the, the doctor's really a woman and everyone gets it wrong because they don't expect the doctor to be a woman. People expect the comedian to be a white man. They do. It's in their head. It's like the first idea of what, it's the default of a funny person. Like, for example, I was in a lift and I was in a lift and the lift driver was like, where are you guys going? And I told him where and he's like, oh, you going to the comedy festival? Who are you going to go see? And I was with another girl and she's a female comic and she's like, oh, we're actually on the show. And he goes, oh, um, wh what do you guys do on the show? Are you like putting it together? Like, oh, we're comedians. Oh, you guys do like stand up comedy, like you're comedians that do comedy. I don't like my my husband never got that question. Like he never, ever. First of all, I get asked if I write my own jokes all the time. My husband never got asked that question. It's just like you're not the default in people's head as a funny person. So it's you have to kind of get there. Um, you have to get people to trust that you're funny in a way that I don't believe men have to. Um, also, there's like a weird safety element of it. When I when I like if I meet somebody and like, oh, yeah, we should go on the road together. I'm like, but I got to get my own room. So I'm going to be paying twice as much as you. And like, you know, so there's there's that barrier of like networking isn't as easy when you're the opposite gender of the people you need to get around with. Um, like or even like. Weird, little things can be interpreted as flirting when they're not yeah. and there's just like there's so there's so many things to navigate but I feel like it's like that with any male dominated industry but I do not believe being a female makes it harder for me to do this I just believe I uh, have I have to navigate it differently it's just a different road that's all I think funny is funny yeah it rises to the top but I do think don't you think sometimes I mean, audiences are a little bit like if a guy is struggling, they kind of, they'll give him a second to get there. If a girl's struggling, they're like, I knew this bitch wasn't funny. I knew it. I knew I it. I agree 100%. <laughs> they check out faster, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And you have to stay, you have to, you can't be too loud on stage. You can't be too quiet on stage. You can't wear a dress on stage. Well, I wear dresses. I like being girly. I like being super femme all the time. That's how I express myself. That, that feels true to me. But it is weird because other female comics will go, oh, I didn't know we were dressing up today. And I'm like, girl, we ain't doing anything. Like, exactly. I, I don't think it's uh, female comics. I just think it's good looking people who have a harder time improving <laughs> themselves. Like Spencer. That's why he's always angry. He's a good looking guy. He's so beautiful. Wait, is he? Spencer's good looking? That's why I was going to be like, what? Wait, that's why he's single. That's the model. Hey right, guys, good night. Thank Bye you. you. No, I appreciate that. His golf game. All right. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank, thank you so much for having me. so much. Go Texas. All right, we've got one more special guest. Please welcome Corey Rodriguez from Dry Bar Comedy, Late Night with Conan O'Brien and Laugh Tracks. Yeah. What's up, Corey? What's up, guys? Welcome. Man, what's up, man? All right, Corey, we're kicking this off with the kind of same question for all the other special guests. What do you do to kind of make yourself stand out and uh build your brand and uh, try to find that success in comedy? Um, I do, besides stand-up, I, um, I do like a lot of videos online on um, Instagram. I'll do like these Ash Denzel videos where I have people um, ask me questions and I'll answer them as Denzel Washington. And I'll, uh, so those grow, <laughs> people, people send their videos with their kids doing it and whatever. Let's so. hear it, let's hear it, Denzel. Hey, do my name, do my name. Nyla. No, no. Hey, hey, Denzel, how is the festival going so far? Uh, the festival's going well. 
<laughs> it's not bad. Huh? Uh, so <laughs> I do these videos online, so people, hit, people will hit me up and I'll, I'll do those, so that's fun. Um, and besides just the stand-up, I just try to, uh, I mean, the, the theme of this whole podcast has been consistency. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. For me, um, for day one, from day one of doing stand-up, I just feel like if I was consistent that, you know, like, everything else is just so easy. Like, if someone can leave you in the room and fucking walk out, some booker can just walk out the room and leave you in the room, you, you're gold, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> there's so few many people that you got to watch, and they're like, oh, don't say that, you know, when they put you on stage. So, like, just consistency. I just, that's how things have really grown for me, and, and everything. And not, and not um, thank you. And not, and not being um, afraid to, like, this is after years of doing it for a while, but not being afraid to, like, um, bet on myself. So if I, if I go to some club and I've never been there, and, and clearly I'm a headliner, I've been headlining for a long time, but if someone's like, I've never seen you, you know, I'm, not, I'm not too cocky where I'm like, well, I only headline. I'm like, fuck it, I'll feature, because I'll headline next time, I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean? And I'm not being a dick about it, but I'm just saying, I'm being honest. How long you been doing it? Stand up? 13. 13 years. Yeah, it was 13 in May. It's great. So that's just kind of how things have built over time, just being chilled in those situations and just going to do it. And how has your hustle changed from the beginning part of your career to 13 years in? Do your daily tasks stay the same or? Uh, I think I work a little smarter now than I used to work. Um, I used to, like, I just know what I want. Like, I know if I'm going to a mic, I'm working some shit out, you know? And um, I'm not just going there to say stuff that I know works, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to work out, and I don't care. My Early on, I used to feel like, uh, early on I used to feel like if I would go do a mic and somebody killed in front of me, that I had, I was like, oh shit, I gotta go back into the bag of good stuff, you know? Yeah. But now, I don't care. You know, I don't care if you kill in front of me, I'm here for a purpose, and so I need to see what's gonna work out of this stuff that I'm doing, no matter how good you do in front of me, I don't care. You know, if that's the purpose to be there for that. So that's how my hustle has changed. But I used to not be like that. I used your to ego, your ego. Yeah, you don't give a shit. Used to be way, way different. And how has the scene just changed within your 13 years? How you used to promote yourself 13 years ago versus now in 2019? <laughs> so, uh, amongst my dealing with the bookers and stuff like that is is the same. I'm still the same. I try to be persistent, not annoying, but at the same time. Um, like, there's this weird place you can be. Like, like the, okay, so let me answer your question. The way it's changed is that I think the comics have started to change a bit in the way that they view the way they do what they have to do. Meaning, many comics will call me and they'll say, like, they'll be like, oh, man, I can't fucking get booked. You know, this person won't book me. They won't book me or whatever. They keep putting these shows together to use the same people. I'm like, when was the last time you reached out? Well, I reached out last year and they didn't get back to me. And I'm like, well, you got to fucking reach out. Like, keep reaching out, you know? And then if you talk to a booker, They'll tell you, like, I'm not, I'm double negative. I'm not not putting you on the show because I thought about you and I didn't want to put you on the show. They're like, I'm not thinking about you. Like, you're not in their mind. They're not purposely not booking. I'm sure there's some that they're like, not this guy. But they're not purposely not booking you. They're just putting on who's around, who they know is doing well, who they see online is doing well. Who they, so they're not, they're not sitting around like, oh, I got to get everybody who I haven't talked to in a year on the show. And so, like, this is the conversations that I have with a lot of comics and I'm like trying to talk them off the ledge constantly. And it's like, just be present. We get know? a so lot of emails too. 
I mean, yeah. holy shit. If yeah. I'm still on September 1st emails. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. And I'm so not joking. So it's a numbers game. So you think yeah. about just that that uh, example right there. I mean, I mean, I've, I don't even want to look at my inbox. I haven't, yeah. I haven't checked it all day. I've, Never. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> so it's scary. It's just, it's just crazy how many emails. So there's... The, the the supply and demand it's a whole that whole thing so there's so much supply of comedians and then I mean every person only books so much stuff yeah so right. it's it's that aspect so it's just yeah so I think you should book the bookers on Facebook maybe become your friends and then book other shit and have them see oh look he's here he's there that's how I get all my shit like I'm always working because I'm not booking next month I'm booking six months from now yeah so a booker's like, I'm not booking it that far out. I said, well, put me in your calendar. It's in six months. And they go, okay. And then, then, then it just continues. I have a question. How many comedians are registered here that, that are showcasing? Does anybody know the answer to that? 50. Okay, how many are in this room? So there were Correct. 50 comics. 50 comics. And that what, made it 12 into big here? Yeah. So there's, what, 20% of the people here. So those are just perfect examples of, like, hey, you were at a festival. Yeah. We're, we're all pretty accessible. I mean, and we do a lot of festivals. And I'm like, come talk to us. This is your time yeah. to talk to us and ask any questions you want. Whether or not you want to hear <laughs> my, my reaction to your set. I mean, if you come up to me and say, what did you think? And I'll say, you want my honest opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, yeah. but that's just it. But the thing, this this time is invaluable to talk to us, whether it's asking questions here, and I get it. Some people are a little shy, and especially they don't want to like approach us. I have to assume most of us are, are approachable. Yeah. I know there's some that maybe aren't as much, but um, I have no problem talking to comedians and such. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's a perfect <laughs> example of trying to utilize the fact that, that you are here. Say you, you know, again, there, there's 35 people that are not, here that should yeah. be. Yeah, and I'm noticing definitely who's not here. Because they're having wings at Green Room right now. <laughs> but just to, just to go back to that, Bye. I'm really wanting wings right now. Spencer James, do you have a question? <laughs> honestly, uh, probably a lot. I, I've honestly, there have been about a dozen comedians that I have seen at this festival that I have never met. You know, even some. Base, uh, some people who are based here in L. Uh, where are we? Flagstaff. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're I'm going Billings. to a festival a We're month this year. <laughs> <laughs> I say L. A. for everything, even Billings when I'm in right New York. <laughs> uh, I'm horrible. But he he made me think of something that that really recently weirdly irritated me, and you just made me think about it. But um, you need to be consistent. You need to reach out. You need to keep those relationships. Recently, I went to a showcase. There were like 30 comedians there. They were in a comedy class. And um, I legit wrote my cell phone number on the wall, at the, on, the, on the blackboard. I was like, this is my cell phone. And they're like, oh my god, you want to give us your cell? I was like, yeah, call me tomorrow. I still have over half of the people during this podcast are hitting me up. I'm like, I don't remember you. If, if, if I come out to a showcase, you should be calling me the next day because you're fresh on my mind. A week later, I'm like, I got to pull out my notes. I don't remember. I hope I have the notes on me. You're already at the next yeah, uh, festival. Yeah, I'm already at the next festival. So when, when you meet people, make sure you reach out to them 
mm-hmm. right afterwards. Don't wait like your friend a year. Don't yeah. wait a year. Reach out consistently. Not every week, but maybe right. more consistently. <laughs> than <laughs> right, right. You just made me think about that. Here's yeah. another uh, you know thing that you talked about earlier about uh, just you know, keep creating and such. Um, um, I, I often say this in my business, and it's not only as a comedy, uh, as a comedian uh, um, point of view, but as me as a business owner, I have this mantra that stagnant is death. Stagnant is death. So whether you're sti- sticking with the same jokes over and over and over again, not writing new material, it's death. You're just gonna you're gonna stay in that lane forever. And I look that way for my business as well. It's like if I just have the same comedians over and over, say in the college market. First off, I mean the college kids, you know, always stay the same age. You know, it's 18 to 22 year old, but the 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 comedians age out of that market. So I'm always looking for the new fresh faces. So it's it's. Stagnant is death. So just keep that in your mind as far as writing new material. Throwing away the shit that just doesn't work. I mean, I don't care if you, uh, hey, this is my 15 minutes or whatever, but yet you maybe got five that are solid. You know, cut the shit, let it go, keep writing, move on. Stagnant is death. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. <laughs> I appreciate that for sure. Can I, can I be a bit, uh, I want to just go back to Jessica. I'm sorry. Who's Jasmine. Go- Jasmine. Ja- I'm doing sorry. Jasmine, what's up? So, um, you guys were talking about just being in a small, being in a, in, a, in a scene, you know, that's not L.A. or New York. I'm in Boston right now. I lived in New York for a while. I moved to New York. I lived in Brooklyn. Things were going well. I wasn't, uh, you know, in all fairness, I wasn't taking it as serious as, you know, I would now if I moved back. I feel like a continuing ed student now. I go back and it's like, oh, Magna Cum Laude, whatever. You know, when they go back, they're always fucking great, right? But, like, when I was there the first time, it was just kind of like, ah, this is just what you do. But at the same time, when I was living there, I was like, I'm a grown-ass man living here right now. I was already 30-plus. I already had my own place and shit before that. Now I'm living with roommates. They're all shitty. You know, roaches and shit. I'm like, fuck this. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to live like this. I want to have a family. Is that Orlando? Right? No, no, no. <laughs> he lived up the street. He had his own roaches up the street. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is what I want. This is this was my thought process. I want to have a family. I was like, I want, a, I want to have a family that's going to grow with me while I grow doing this. Now, this isn't traditional. People are like, you got to be in New York or L.A. It's the only way you can do it. You, you can't have a family. You're always shit's going to be long. I, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I moved back to Boston. I had uh, two beautiful sons right now. Uh, have a girlfriend, and 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 right, <laughs> and uh, but that was from li- moving from New- moving from New York. I didn't get the shit I got until after that. So Drybar helped. Drybar, the, the Big Sky Comedy Festival helped. Um, you know, once once the Big Sky, and I know some of you from Big Sky, right? Once once we did Big Sky, then the, 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 the relationships I met at Big Sky were just from any festival, from doing shit like this, getting to hang out. This is, this is why this festival is gonna come up right now, is because you have the opportunity to rub elbows with the industry right here. You have a fucking beer with them, have a mimosa with them, have whatever you're doing, and then, and you have a chance to break down those barriers and talk and have real conversations, see if they actually like you. Because they might not even love your comedy and they'll fucking put you on something because they like you as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I learned at... <laughs> I love everyone I cast. Yeah. Even the guys who poked in the bellies this season. All they did was finger each other's belly buttons. I love them. Jay Light. AGT. That's what, that's, what, that's what I learned at Big Sky. That's, what, that's what's cool about here. And from moving back to Boston, being in a not a major market, I, I got Conan from there. I got Laugh Tracks from there. I got like New York Comedy Festival from there. I got a lot of stuff from there because I still do go on the road. I still do go on the road. I still do audition. I still do do festivals. So you can live in a town that's not New York or L.A. and get this shit done. It's just work. 
it's just work, which a lot of comics, I hate to say it, I'm not speaking like I'm some prophetic fucking comic, but I will say a lot of comics are lazy as shit and they don't want to go, they don't, they don't, and they don't have the capital. Like I do, I do all the C's that you were talking about, Spencer. I do cruises, clubs, colleges, all, any fucking, any way that I'm pulling in money, a decent amount, um, I'll do that. And as you do those things, it gives you the ability to, to pay and go to a festival. Go to a fucking festival. But if you don't have the money and you're like, oh, the wing's free. <laughs> and like little fucking, little poor ass, poor ass comics. You can't go any, then you can't do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you're just looking for handouts the whole time. Are the wings free? You know I'll buy everybody free. wings. Free wings. You know what what I mean? Everybody wants some wings, we'll just buy some wings. You know what I, mean? I like free wings. I'm just saying, if that's all you can afford when and you're And in closing. Yeah. <laughs> but I yes. think it's a good free point. You said one. that, you, how long have you said you've been doing this? I've been doing it 13 years. But you said you started, so it's almost like you said magnum culotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it, it, it brings a good point. Like, it is like school. Yeah. You you don't just graduate. You have right. to get there. Right, right, right. And it's it's just I've been working, working consistently, working hard, and then again being able. You to are likable, bro. You, yeah. I met you so many times. You're always you're nice to everybody. You're so likable, and that's why you're doing well. Yeah, thank you. And you're hilarious. Yes. Yeah, thank you. But the likability makes me want to watch your One hundred. Yeah. yeah. The likability. You're so like you know you're just you're funny, man. You're just good. Thank you. You're gonna make it. You already made it, but you made it. Was it me that reached out to you from AGT, or was it Destiny? You did, so I pulled up this. Uh, you pulled it Yeah, so. Did I say you suck? I don't know. No, what you did didn't say? say that. You I would said, never hello. Oh, fuck, he's going to read it. It's like the Burt Kreischer thing all over again. I didn't do Kreischer. that. No, I'm she was very professional. It. She was professional. Oh, let me see. Let me see. But this is what sucks, because I wish I had dealt with you, but this is what happened. You were like, hello. Brian Baldinger told me. Brian Baldinger told me to re I should reach out to you. Now Brian was at the Big Pine Comedy Festival. This is where all those connections come in. Big Sky, I'm sorry. So Big Sky. So it's like all these fucking connections. Everything I got came through connections from somebody tracks. else. Yeah, yeah. He books laugh tracks. And so, anyways, he was like, she was like, Brian Baldinger told me I should reach out to you. I am casting for America's Got Talent. I think you're really hot and would love for you to come back and hang out with me for a little bit. Oh no no no, not that part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just like her. End the podcast. That was it. That was it. Nyla's boyfriend's listening to this podcast. And right in now. closing. I really hope my boyfriend's listening to this podcast. I yeah. love it. That's a DM on Instagram, too, by the way. That's not, that's <laughs> not an email. No, no, Is it, it DM was, it on, was Instagram? on Tinder? It was Facebook. Yeah. So what she, what she really said was, I would love for you to email me two 90-second to two-minute routines. And then she sent her stuff. She sent her how to contact her and everything. And then I just I wrote back to her. I said, hi. And I said, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm currently working with Haley from AGT because you're supposed Haley's to. Haley's not at AGT anymore. Perfect. So we need to work together again. Let's talk oh. about this shit after. But I was then, told that you're supposed to like be like, if you're working with one of the producers, you have to say like right away one at a time. So I was like, oh. But yeah, so anyways. And then the follow-up email was, get sick. That was in Snapchat. I don't have the, the follow-up. That's all I was going. Lose a limb. <laughs> Lose a limb. No, she wrote back, Haley's the best, is what she wrote. That's what she wrote. All right, this is fun. All right, guys, so we are starting to run really short on time, so let's take a couple questions from the audience. Go ahead. I'm going to have to repeat it back into the mic, just so you know. Okay. Hey.
always writing, always workshopping shit. You never see him two times in a row with like, like just this tired ass shit. Which Boston is sometimes the place where you're like, ah, I've seen this for 20 years. He's the person that we look to to be like, damn, this dude has hours of shit. Uh, the other one was he used to have like clipboards at the end of shows that would take people's <laughs> Program for that. I think you should take him, take him on the road with you, Corey. That's my dude right there. That's my dude. Thanks, Brian. That's my brother. Great job. Great job. That's my dude, man. Any other questions? Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. How often should the comics be reaching out, and what should they be including in that, and how often should they be updating their EPK? I think everybody's different yeah. as far yeah. as an agent goes. 100%. I mean, everybody has different uh, avenues where they book and what they do. Like, like when people ask me, like, they, they send me a, a link or whatever, like, well, what are you looking for? Like, are you looking for clubs or corporate or colleges or whatever? So you got to be specific, I think. I mean, in certain, for me at least. So, again, everybody's going to have their own little, little thing. So... Um, you know, so, I mean, the college market is Summit Comedy's bread and butter. I mean, it has been for 21 years. So, so when I get something for that, and people are constantly trying to get into that market because it's, it's a very lucrative market if you can get in and do well. I'm very, very picky on the people that I, I choose. Um, I literally may, maybe bring in two to three people a year, but when that happens, I let two to three people go. So... I have a roster of like 30 clients that I feel I don't want to be the William Morris's of the world that, that, that they brag about. We've got 110 comedy uh, comedians on our, act, on our roster, but they're not all getting serviced. So can I just theory, say, well, Chuck, he will work the shit out of you. Like he's yeah, one of that's the dudes. All I've heard about him. This, he's one of the dudes that a lot of comics, because uh, I work, I have my yeah. own, I work with a, no, I have a different agency. Right. But, but like we, I talk to Chuck's guys, you know what I mean? Multiple of Chuck's guys and women. Right on the fuck Chuck. Talk to his men and women that he has. Homosexuals. Mm -hmm. He hires everybody. <laughs> Trans <laughs> transgender. Sorry, Chuck. Alphabet people. Yep. All right. I, I mean, I, but but he will work. I'm sorry. He will work you, and it's like it's cool. Like he's one of those people you want to be with because if you get on his roster, you're getting some. You're getting dope, and you, and he doesn't piggyback off of you like a lot of other college agencies will. You can get everybody in the room can get a college agent. I guarantee you can, it's but easy. a lot of them are going to piggyback off of you and wait for you to get do well at a NACA or do well at an APCA, and then they just jump on your back. He's calling you to give you gigs, whether you've done a NACA or APCA at all. He's like, hey, I got this gig for you. That's how you know you're with a good college agent. Well, I always say that when you're on Summit Comedy's roster, it's part of Team Summit. Like Everybody that's on my team, I take care of them. Whether it's, I mean, I'm constantly talking to other agents outside of what I do and try to help them out, whether it's casting and such. And uh, I mean, I don't want to toot, uh, like, 
a horn here, but I literally just signed Jasmine last week. What? Yes! Good. Good. And that means nobody else is getting that shit. And hold on, and I've had my eye on her for a little bit, and I've been watching, and I watched a lot of stuff, and we've corresponded, like, you know, I'm very picky. Like, I need to see more material. I can't... Right, yeah. and it's just things like like there's a there's a there's a pecking order. Like, yeah, great. The fact that I'm talking to you is is the mm-hmm. first step. That, that I've seen five to seven minutes or whatever that, that to get in the door, and they're like, great. Now send me your hour. That's usually when I when I lose half the people because they're like, oh shit, we need an hour. Yep. Fuck. So she backed it up within like two weeks. Here's my special. I'm taping it the other like coming up, and then right then I saw it. I mean, it was done. I was like done. So within 24 hours, I had her first booking. So I've got her. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And and, and and I mean it's University of Wyoming, whatever the fuck. Whatever. <laughs> Good luck. Drive safe. But uh, but still, like that was just last week. So like so so thanks for that. But like again, like a good agent. Again, you need to find somebody that's gonna work. As I mean, you should be your biggest fan. You should be your biggest fan. You are a comedian, and you need to work on your business and such. What you need to do is when you find representation. You need to find somebody that's as close as, as your biggest fan as yourself as you. Because like that, the piggybacking and such. Like, I will fight for every one of my clients for that reason. Mm-hmm. They're on the roster because of that. I, I have faith in the people that are on there. They're there for a reason. They're not just a, a, a notch on the, on the roster. So if you're, not, if you're not getting work and I can't sell you, the market tells me that. The market tells me, you know what? It's just not working out for you. It's time to let you go. Spencer. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Wait, wait. Anthony had a question. I, wanna an- I, I just want to definitely answer it really quickly. You s- asked how often is too often. Um, personally, for television, just because, you know, with TV, normally for the show recently, or for Gong Show, or for the show I Can See Your Voice on Fox that's coming out soon, so I hope you all watch it. Um, but... For shows like that, it's only usually a three-month increment of when I'm casting. AGT is totally different. It's usually nine to ten months. So if you are reaching out to somebody like myself, I think you should definitely be reaching out every three to four weeks. Because if I haven't heard from you in two months, oh, I've already cast the show. But if you're like, hey, I sent you that tape. Is it good enough? Okay, I can change it up. What do you need change? You know, something like that is definitely more important for me. So for television, if you are in contact with somebody like myself, I think every three weeks to a month is the best time to reach out. Just, I just want to interject before we moved on to the next question. And yeah, it goes down to everybody's different. So yeah. ask them. Ask them. Quarterly. Ask them. Ask them. That's the first thing you should ask. <laughs> Hey, the how first often thing you should ask when you interact with them, how should I contact you? You know, how do you like to be contacted? Um, how often should I contact take you? Take notes. Keep track of those notes so you have, like, uh, like everybody in, like, their, their yeah. notes or whatever. Like, I know, never, I know that he's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. So he knows not to call me at 9 a.m. He'll most likely call me at noon. So maybe if you're in contact with somebody like myself, as a point to this morning, <clears throat> don't call somebody at 6 a.m. You know, put the word Los Angeles next to their name, maybe, to help yourself out, not piss them off. Someone text messaged me at 5.50 this morning. Oh, my God, I just got your email. I'm so interested in being on your show. That's just a point. Spencer has something good to say. (laughs) Yep. We have officially reached the end of this panel. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you to the panel. And enjoy the rest of the festival.